And now, for your coverage of the 2020 Presidential Democratic Candidate Debates, held right here in Motor City, USA. Featuring Andrew Yang and nine other people whose names we've already forgotten. This is the second uh, installment <laughs> of our two or possibly three part series that we have entitled the Motor City, Motor Showdown. City Showdown. We are covering uh, the Democratic presidential primary debates, which were held uh, last night and this evening in Detroit. Uh, we had a very long and interesting and fun uh, episode last night. We're probably not going to go that crazy tonight. Yeah, but, uh, for those of you who we didn't were, know, that was supposed <laughs> to be a 10-minute deal. It That was supposed to be the intro to the show, which was going to be one episode, and it was going to be almost entirely about Andrew Yang. So uh, you got some extra insight there on the other candidates uh, <laughs> or how we feel about them. We're not going to talk too many too much about the other people that were on the stage tonight because we have an interview coming up. But uh, if you're joining us for the first time, uh, my name is Jenner. And I'm Josh. And we have a guest in the studio. It's me, Michael. Hi, Michael. <laughs> Welcome to Mindwave. Welcome in the home of Studio Stargazer, this big, beautiful glass skyrise building that we live in with our sound booths. Yes. Many, many personal assistants. <laughs> and cute little boys who drive us around. <laughs> yeah, our our uh, our corporate office is so big we, we have to use golf carts to get from one department <laughs> to the next. Yes, there's a train between the buildings. Yeah. Oh oh yeah, the little the little hover train. I love the hover train. Yes. It's actually a monorail. <laughs> is it not Maglev? I thought it was Maglev. Oh. I thought we opted out of the Maglev. It was too Elon expensive. Musk designed it, I thought. <laughs> Yeah, our our complex. Okay, it's a stupid bit. We're not <laughs> we're not gonna keep going on that. Uh, it was it was funny. We're in we're my not gonna, room. We're not gonna we're talk about room. the Mindwave <laughs> campus anymore. Yeah, we're in my room. It's <laughs> it's fine. It's cute. Uh, so we had plenty of thoughts about uh, last night and tonight. Took a couple interesting turns. We had a pause moment, so there was a a bit in the middle where we missed like ten to fifteen minutes of it. Um, and then okay, I guess I'm gonna have to tell this story on the show because it's funny now that it's not serious, <laughs> terrifying. <Right. laughs> uh, so we're watching the debates right in the living room. I had the front door open for like a minute, and I'm standing there in the doorway, right, because I'm I'm having a cigarette or whatever. I'm quitting soon. I know science people don't tell me. So I'm smoking a cigarette in the doorway, and uh, we have three dogs, which you should know by now. And Leia was out of her cage running around because she just went outside, and she just did her potties and all that. So we're like sitting there, and we're getting sucked into the debate, and Andrew Yang is saying some cool, and we're going, oh, shit. And then I look around, and I'm like, where's Leia? 
where's Leia? Where's Leia? So I'm running around. I'm freaking out. She's not in the backyard. She's not out front. And I'm like, oh, fuck. Pause. Okay. Like, this is the most important election in the history of the world. But I am pausing this shit right now because my baby's gone and I couldn't fucking find her. So I run outside and I'm freaking out. I'm calling David like, Leia, she's gone. She must have ran away. So me, Josh, Michael, we're like, okay, shoes, let's go. So we run around town We go out everywhere. and take on the streets of Bisbee Every- asking complete strangers, have you seen this dog? For like-, like half an hour running around. I'm just like, baby. You know, and I'm echoing off the canyons and shit. And just half an hour goes by and I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. I come back to the house. We're messaging each other back and forth. I'm like, did you find any luck? No. Did no. you find any? Okay. No, Is she shit. out here? No. Okay. Uh, and then. He gets back to the house, right? I get back to the house. We're still, Michael and I are still out looking around for the dog. The bitch was in my closet. (laughs) (laughs) She was in my goddamn, okay, see, yeah, that that put a a little bit of a a cramp. I had to, like, take a minute to let my adrenaline go I don't know whether I was more mad about the fact that I missed Andrew Yang's closing statement (laughs) or whether I had to run upstairs for no reason. It, yeah, if you're not familiar with Bisbee, it's built into a canyon up in the mountains. So there's something like 30,000 stair steps yeah, in this Yeah, there's town. like a whole event it's, that they yeah, do yearly we called live, the Bisbee Stair Climb. Yeah, and Bisbee it's like 1, all of the stairs that are all around town. Yeah, it just, for some reason people come everywhere. here to climb stairs. I'm like, bitch, try living here and going grocery shopping. It's a nightmare. Yeah, so we live up on the side of a mountain, so we're going down the mountain, across the mountain, down the fucking gulch into the back and running up in the hills, and Michael disappeared somewhere. Where did you go? Uh, <laughs> like, I, I wandered into the foothills. <laughs> I'm asking Josh, I'm like, where the fuck did he go? He's like, I, I don't know. He's in no, because like, I got back. <laughs> I, like, I got back, and then I had messaged him, because my phone signal's terrible out uh, here, so I had messaged him once I got back on the Wi-Fi at the house, and I was like, babe, where did you go? Like, what happened? And he's like... Oh, I'm out in the brush somewhere. <laughs> yeah, and he had, no, I, you'd I had wandered off. covered the streets, yeah. so I figured I would start looking. Yeah. And, it was awesome. and I had been and, sitting and, here. It was like 10, 15 minutes I was waiting. Oh, I man. sent him another message. I'm like, are you okay? Do I need to send out a search party? Like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> Thank you both for your help and that interesting oh, detour of the evening. Disaster we, averted, right? Yeah, seriously. Uh, we did just watch Andrew's closing statements, which were... Huge, are you, bitch? Are I just you, I dropped my phone. Are you really rolling around on that squeaky ass chair? Well, maybe you should <laughs> you grease mean the it. Super deluxe chair, uh, the the ultra high penthouse chair. Yes. Uh, my dad, yeah, I'm my like dad we are in a penthouse chair. with trains built in, but why mm. do we have squeaky chairs? What the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> uh, Andrew's closing statements were fucking awesome. I think pointing out this whole like scripted attack, fake bullshit reality TV thing was. It's melee fucking attack, like fatality across the board. That like, was machine gun across the whole panel. That was like you, not, you, not you, even. You, that you, was like that was done. like, like rail gun, rail gun, left to right, all the way across. <laughs> like, no, uh, bad. There were some fun moments, uh, and we do have an interview, and that we're not going to have a, a crazy three-hour-long episode. But I actually decided to get punditty. Like you, and I took some notes uh, tonight because you told me to, and I was like, Ugh, fine, whatever. Uh, so I have notes, and you have notes. So I'm thinking we should just... Uh, bounce back and forth? Bounce, yeah, bounce back and forth. Uh, right at the beginning, I noticed no tie 
awesome. Yeah, no, because there was just that article that was floating around and they were like, oh, Andrew decided to wear a tie this time around. He was, and it's funny because there was pictures of him when he arrived in Detroit where he was wearing a tie and then we see him walk out on stage without one. I'm like, oh, Andrew, you badass. There you go. It was a pimp move. It was a pimp move. I love it. Public holler. And he was so relaxed and, and, and carefree and comfortable. And he wasn't. He wasn't. And doing yet that fake again, he did thing. not and the no tie perfect. anybody. Perfect. Of course not. That's not his fucking style. It was beautiful. It was, it was beautiful. So <laughs> was well awesome. executed on his part. Uh, it was a cute tie though. It was like this real pretty sky blue kind of satin. It was nice. I wouldn't have been disappointed if he had worn the tie. But I think the fact that he didn't wear the tie again, I was like, okay, yeah, he's a fucking baller. <laughs> I think it was Do crazy. It. The thing that I noticed yeah. the most was all the people yelling out from the audience. What the fuck? Yeah, That's... no, that happened hey, like hey, five hey, fucking hey, times. I... That's on my list. <laughs> That's on my list. I guess we can, yeah, we can shift directly into that and I'll delete it. What the fuck was with the hecklers? What was going on there? No, for real. What was up with that? It was like, okay, because the first one, I had it noted on my list as well. I put, uh, de blasio attacks biden in opening statement and then as soon as he had said tax the hell out of the wealthy somebody was just screaming from the back over and over and that's when it all started and then there was a bunch of people later on that were doing it too i mean there was a couple um, there was a couple the other night too but like tonight oh my god there was people just hollering out the whole time like holy fuck yeah it was weird the first one was about um and they they mentioned it later um, was the um, officer involved killing. And they were yeah. like, fire that fucking guy. And so that's who the first people that were like, fire, I, I don't even know the guy's name. I don't I don't follow um, murder porn politics. Um, it's, it's one of those outrage machine things. It's like how we, you know, the whole reason that school shootings are continual fucking thing in this country is because we glorify it and it we should just say mass shootings in general because it's it's not just schools anymore it's like everywhere oh oh, yeah oh yeah it was one out in california just recently yeah garlic festival yeah 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 Yeah, Um, three people killed actually one of our prospective guests was actually up there and i noticed he marked himself uh safe during that so jesus uh, it's it's obviously guys obviously it's huge problem but glorifying it on on the fucking news and making celebrities of the fucking people who get the glory and you know their face on every screen across the world. Stop doing that fucking shit. It's I just hate when they try to conspiracy porn. spin that shit because then they turn around like, oh, those kids are crisis actors. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, I don't want to get into that like, <laughs> here. That is way Ugh. too much of a tangent. That's an outrage machine uh, thing for sure. All but right. yeah, the 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 murder porn aspect of it—that's kind of—that's really how I th- how I think about it. And it's like obviously, yeah, we need to address gun violence, but uh, there are—it's—it's mm, it's a line. It's a line to walk. I don't know where I was going with that. Um, we should move on to the next bit. Uh, did you have anything else on your list that you wanted to start off with? Uh, um, oh, yeah, that was. I did bounce it back to you. Um, <laughs> yeah, see, that's that's the tough thing with the uh, phones. If you make notes on your phone and you get them close to the mic, well, my phone doesn't really do that. Yeah, your, mine yours does. Totally I have an Android. Does. It's uh, yeah, the radio protections on here are not as good. I I Crusty made a couple Android bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, whatever. Oh, oh no, I'm on the 
At least I have a headphone jack. Fuck you. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> I have I a suffer jack. without one. <laughs> yeah, because you have like a six generation old iPhone. It's awesome. It's awesome. I love it. Anyway, it was the last so, good one they ever made. I will give you props. Um, for that. and the thumbprint thing. I yeah, love the true. thumbprint thing. True. Um, so I made a couple uh snarky remarks, like jokey type bits. Yeah, me too. Um, and one of them was if Kamala wants to argue with Biden the whole time, they should just do that shit in the lobby. Because and if you if you look at the amount of time that Kamala and Biden took up it is so disproportional. Oh yeah, they were no, like, they had oh, easily oh, twenty percent more back time and forth, than even Mr. the Vice third President, runner up. President, like, oh, do you want? Do you, oh, you can respond. Oh, you can respond. Oh, you can respond. Nobody. I wanted to see them give Yang a question like that, and then have other people challenge him, and then do a back and forth with like him being the focus of it. He didn't get to do any back and forth. No, yet, but he, Biden again, and Kamala the list, and even Gillibrand got, got a couple least, of those back and forth. Yeah, and I'm like, he got you? the least amount of speaking. It was up to almost nine, it was a nine, lot better, a little under nine minutes, but he's still last in terms of how much time they gave him to speak. Um, so they said that they were going to be fair about it, um, which they were more fair than MSNBC. But it was very clear was still very that they're like, oh, we're going to focus on this Biden-Kamala thing because that is, that's the hot thing right now because Biden's in number one. So let's bring up the goddamn busing thing again. And uh, I, I, have, mm, I have other notes on that. But, uh, but yeah, bouncing it back to you, your next note. Sorry, I just got a thing from Democrats.com. They fucked up their poll and said uh, who won the first night of the debates and they had to send a re rewritten message to correct oh, really? that. They yeah. mulliganed. They mulliganed. I, I think <laughs> I voted for Pete on the first night. Yeah, I, I still wrote in Yang. <laughs> Die hard. Yang or, yeah. Yang or nothing. No, um, I put I down a jokey shit. one too on my list. I put uh, Michael Bennett sounds like he's half asleep in his opening statement, and it wasn't he's, just his opening <laughs> statement; it was the whole time. I just it was something I noted. I was like, "Wow, you!" He's a quirky guy. He really is. He's very smart. He's very intelligent. Um, I feel like he's the kind of guy that like. I mean, yeah. he's from Colorado. He represents in Colorado. I feel like he's the kind of guy that like smokes a half a pound of weed a week. <laughs> like he just. No, I don't know about that. He's he's uh, maybe. Um, I remember enjoying his his appearance on Pod Save America because all all of the candidates, all of them, uh, with the exception of Biden, went on to do like a full interview on Pod Save America. So I knew all of these people basically before the debate started, which most people did, most people did not. Most people are like, "Who the fuck is that?" So I'm right, I right. was I was at least somewhat aware of all these people. Um, but he, yeah, yeah. No, I like Bennett. He he is a, a quirky guy. Though. He made a lot of really good points. Oh, he did, I will yeah. say he did make a they, lot of really good points. Pretty much everybody made good points. I mean, they spent a lot of time bullshitting about like. Oh my minutia. god! I loved when, uh, <sighs> gosh, Tulsi tore into Kamala. You caught that part, right? What was that on again? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was. Oh. I think I was like half outside. I didn't catch the like oh, ooh no. line like, that you were like, "Bitch, you just hear that?" And I was like, mm, "Yeah." I don't know. I don't. I don't. I I should pay more attention to Tulsi. I I have not given her a fair shake 
in in my own brain because I've I've been like Yang since day one, you know. He was the first one that it was. Uh, it was Tulsi calling out Harris for jailing marijuana offenders. Oh, and then yeah, yeah, yeah. She straight up called her out for blocking ever uh, blocking evidence to exonerate death row inmates. Yeah. When she was a prosecutor, there were some hard hits. No, so, they, they were she totally went for planned. the gut on a couple of those. Yeah. Like she was like, "Yeah, no, you're still a fucking cop." Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, and I had. Uh, Oh, you know what? I did have Tulsi v. Kamala on here, and that was right over, right after uh, Booker v. Biden, which Booker ripped into Biden hard. Like, oh yeah, no, I saw that bit too. That was I. I'm not. A, I'm not. Oh, I have to figure out where my mic is. I'm not a huge Booker fan. I mean, I, I've I've liked most of what I've heard, but uh, yeah, seeing him rip into Biden was slightly. Uh, what, what's pleasing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was uh, enjoyable because uh, I I don't think Biden should be on the stage. I just don't. No, I don't. I don't like Biden either. I mean, it's, he's I, him he and Bernie. We have this thing yeah, going about like, it's like you guys have been, They need to be playing bridge at the retirement home. They seriously, need to just go. Like you've been there for decades and you haven't done anything. Let some goddamn young people in there with they cool talk ideas about passing to fucking, the torch all the time, like, but they you don't actually fucking and, follow through. <laughs> And Biden's whole message is just like Obama this, Obama that, Obama this, like, and we're like, no, we're talking about you, dude. We don't. You're trying to piggyback off all, all of Obama's accomplishments, and then Cory Booker calling him out and going like, oh, no, you yeah. in, you invoke Obama more than anybody else on this fucking stage, and you you're gonna you know pick and choose which parts of you know the presidency that you choose to be proud of. Like, no, fuck you. Let me, I, I actually put that. That's Biden's whole down. platform. He's like, I worked for Obama. Obama did good stuff. You like Obama, right? I'm old. So <laughs> it was, it was when Booker said, you cannot invoke Obama when it's convenient and then dodge when it's not. That yeah. comment was the one that threw me against the wall. I was like, damn. Yeah. That was, uh, I don't know. I think I think Biden's gonna drop out. I, I fucking hope so. Because okay, so his, his he needs to go. It started with a scandal. Okay, it started, and then the media sliming about him being a hair smeller or whatever, and then getting attacked relentlessly on his record because he's been in politics for like what 40 50 years something ridiculous so he and was he's flip he was around so many times. Well, yeah. Well, the the moral zeitgeist of the country has changed so much so i i don't want to say that i i'm not going to defend you know biden's old policies you know in terms of like <clears throat> excuse me working with the uh, segregationists and opposing federal busing programs like that specific piece of it i'm just like i'm not gonna i just i thought it was i don't crazy have that any they friends. brought up the whole busing I thing over again like it was yeah, the it same would, why why conversation you... that they just had on msnbc i'm like yeah. are we, like we need like what are the other ideas that we need to talk about like we already discussed this seriously and that's it, it's um it, it brings up another another note that i made do we really need to have a half hour to debate that putting kids in cages is bad. I mean, oh like, my god, no, you're the right. The immigration thing—it's like everybody agrees on that. This is a debate. There's n there's no nuance there. Everybody knows we need comprehensive immigration reform. 
in some way or no, another. No, but it was we frustrating all, to see we, everybody on the stage like saying, yes, we need comprehensive immigration reform. And then the next person saying that same fucking thing, but saying it like they disagreed. Like, yeah. you both just said the same fucking thing. Can we shake hands and move the fuck on to something else that matters, please? Like, exactly. We, and it was the same with healthcare. They, like, they went on for so long about healthcare. And they're they like, went on for almost 55 <clears throat> minutes about healthcare. It was and, over, it was almost an hour yeah, that they were it's, on. It's healthcare. important, but there was so much redundancy and so much the same false arguments back and false forth, disagreement. Back and forth. They weren't even disagreeing. They're like, "We need a public option," and it's like, "No, we need a public option." No, we need a public option. It's like, "Are you fucking kidding? like okay? Let's move on, guys." Non-productive, but yeah, it's Im- immigration thing. Uh, <clears throat> They know. definitely Andrew, could have covered a lot yeah. more topics. They definitely could have been a lot more broad in what they had discussed. But yeah. uh, let's uh, let's move on. What are your other notes? Uh, let's see here. I'm gonna go back to the top of the list here. Um, yeah, we jumped around a little. We were gonna go chronological. I okay. So flowed. the next one, I'm still on my list of uh, th- first thoughts on everybody from the uh, opening statements, and I really liked uh, Jay Inslee. And what mm-hmm. he had to say, like the fact that climate climate uh, reform was one of his top. It's his main. That thing. is like his yeah. top thing. Like, and I, he really 100%. he really brought that. He's got other good ideas, but that's his main. He is the climate guy. Yeah, no, but it, it, ugh, I'm trying to think of like how to phrase it, because like just the way that he framed his arguments and the way like I, he jumped in and he was very aggressive in a lot of those arguments and I really appreciated the fact that he was like really standing up on those issues because like I, that's just, that's important to me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm diehard Yang all the way, but uh, I really did like a lot of the points that he made and he challenged Biden on a lot of stuff as well. That was, you know, really kind of almost throwing him under the bus for not right. being more active in climate reform and climate, you know, Stuff like that, you know, dealing yeah, no, with in, the good. and shit. Like, Inslee's good. I'd like to see him, uh, not as president, um, put him in charge of the EPA. Oh, absolutely. Go. He would make or, a great um, EPA head. <clears throat> yeah, put put him in charge of the EPA. Um, my, I made a note here, which is a meme that I'm appara- apparently going to have to make, uh, although I'm pretty sure somebody else in the Yang Gang is going to make it, when Kamala said, let's talk about math. <laughs> Oh yeah. I'm like I want I want a, a two panel thing Kamala saying let's talk about math and then Andrew Yang on the other side just like well, the no, triggered I mean, even meme. Castro did you know, the just same like thing about the whole like <laughs> oh we're not left we're not right or not right we're what what did he say? I don't know. Did new and better or some shit? That wasn't Castro. That was last night. That was um Somebody see? somebody during the opening statements <clears throat> did another blatant rip off and I was like, "Really? Come on." People f- uh, forgettable candidates whose names we've already forgotten. <laughs> uh we covered kids in cages. Oh, uh about Biden being about uh to drop out. He keeps cutting himself off. Have you noticed that? Like, yeah, no, he stopped. He, he's just like, like, oh, and and oh, okay, oh, oh, shut up now. He keeps doing that shit, and it's not even when people, when the moderators interject, he's just like, oh, oh, oh I guess I'll, oh, I guess I'll be quiet now. And I'm like, what, what are you doing, Grandpa? <laughs> Go back to the nursing home. I don't know. He they seemed a awesome lot more like, I've forward heard. in the last one. Like he was <laughs> a little bit more aggressive. He he seemed to kind of draw back a lot more this time around. I see. I saw that. Um, yeah. 
I think he's on. Gillibrand bring, oh. blinks a lot. <laughs> Can I just say, like, oh my god, her opening statement, her eyes were like blink, 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 blink. It was like she was Morse coding us, like, help me, like, help me. Joe Biden won't stop sniffing my glorious golden hair. I said we weren't gonna shit on candidates, and I, I guess I help me, Joby Wan Canoli. I guess we give up on that. You're our Noki hope. So we got to blast through the rest of these notes because we have an interview here and we don't want a huge episode. And I do want to hear more from Michael. So what else do you got? Uh, all right. Let me see here. I'm going to skip through some of these. Um, do, 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 do. Gabbard was pandering in her opening statement. Everybody was pandering they except for you. They were all pandering the whole fucking time. Um, but, oh, yeah. When Booker was interrupted, quoting Trump, disparaging, destroy. I did not hear what the guy in the crowd was shouting out, but he uh. sounded very angry. I think it was women the second time. I think was it women that um, were on the screen? I, oh God, I yeah, just lost. It started as one, and then it was another one. Yeah, it's like, what the fuck? Yeah, no, like how Biden not, stopped mid fucking like that? thing and was like, "I'll just wait." Like, all right, <laughs> I'll stand by, and then they're like, "Okay, yeah, please stand by." And then like the next time, they they're just like, going. "No, keep going, keep going, keep going." Uh, and and Biden's like, "Um, uh, it's uh, I I don't know if you guys can hear him, but I can hear him." Uh. I, I, don't right. e- I don't even remember what that was about. Uh, stupid. Um, I re- okay, here's one that I do want to talk about. Is when Andrew Yang said, any politician not addressing it is failing the American people. Yes. And that was in reference to nobody our is addressing economy. Yeah, nobody is the addressing automation. the actual problem. Right. The economic turmoil that this country is in. Um, and how fixing that? He's the will only person on the stage on mentioning else it. that we're having yeah. issues with as well. Like, it's it's not necessary. I wouldn't I wouldn't go so far as to say it's a catch all, but it is like the main hole in the dam, and you want to worry about that hole before you worry about the small cracks. Mm-hmm. And fixing the main hole will make the small cracks leak a lot less, so to speak. Like, I don't know. I just it's it's like the bigger the bigger problem that needs to be worried about first that oh, nobody else is addressing but him. I did I did like seeing that Marianne Williamson had endorsed a uh, UBI as well. Yeah, well, she's apparently been Yang Gang this whole time. She was talking about his book like more and normal people like way back when she right, first right. came out, and it's she she I don't know, I don't know. Uh, mixed feelings. I there was something about the criminal pipe, the criminal pipeline school thing, um, and I deleted part of the note, so I don't remember who it was. <laughs> uh, there was that a, was there was a big uh, there was a big argument on uh, Biden and Bennett were both pro uh, building on top of the ACA rather than going mm. for a Medicare for all. And I actually I meant to ask you about it last night. Mm. Would you prefer ACA reform over Medicare for all or just doing a Medicare for all type plan? Okay, so if in in my imaginary world, okay. Um I mean, I guess I guess the one that that I've heard because they're all similar and they're all different in very weird different ways. So it's it's all in the details of the transition period how long it's going to take, who's eligible, how much each individual is going to be paying. In my ideal world, okay, there should be 
a public option, okay, that covers anybody who's not otherwise covered. Okay, so this is more of the uh, Medicare Essentially for America. Essentially, what? Yeah, ethic. Medicare for America. This is kind of what be. what Beto's saying. She's like, everybody who doesn't have it, they're automatically going to have it, and then keep the market there. All of the private insurance industries and shit, keep them there and let them compete. Let them hash it out. Let the market sort it out. I'm all about that. And that's, that's a that capitalist was my main argument, idea. too, was I'm like, you know, they were they, they gonna argued have to back and forth. Biden and Kamala were going at each other's throats tonight about, oh, well, your plan is mm. going to make it to where people can't have their own private work insurance more you know right. employer sponsored so health much, insurance and so it wasn't even the case of that it was forth, literally just a matter of forth. like we want to give people a public option and yeah. if the public option is cheaper then the private option through their employer is going to have to compete with that otherwise yeah. they're going to lose all of their clients exactly i think that's the way to do it it's it's, Let the market it sort itself out. It is building a second grocery store in a town with one grocery store. That's what you're doing <laughs> and making it, you know, and I, I guess uh, it would be analogous to giving people food stamp card for that grocery store or something maybe. I don't, I, it's a bad analogy, bad, but it's, it's about introducing competition into the market because right now the market is just competing with itself basically. Yeah. It's not competing no... with the government. Okay. So if the government has something in place and let me say right now, because people who oppose are like, Oh, that costs so much money. You don't care about the fucking money. We spend a trillion dollars a year now blowing shit up and killing people. Something like okay. $4 billion a month we're spending, it's, I think they were saying, on these In Afghanistan wars. alone. In Afghanistan. in Afghanistan alone. If you don't care where that money comes from, shut the fuck up. Exactly. I'm we like, that, that could have paid for take Trump's care stupid of our wall in fucking people. two months. Like, it, it didn't even... We are the most powerful, richest country on the fucking planet. If you don't think that we can afford it to give our citizens guaranteed fucking health care, no matter who they are... Uh, citizens, I said, uh, people on the right, conservatives, libertarians, <laughs> citizens, guaranteed health care, and, and things like education and better economic opportunity and all of that. Like, we should be, like, that shouldn't even have to be an argument that would ever be made in a, in a country this powerful and this rich. Like, give me a break. How are we even having this conversation? The we fact need that to it's a, a debate like, even, like, baffles me because I'm just like, you know, I... I am of the belief that healthcare is a human right. I mean, our constitution does any, guarantee yeah. us the right to life, liberty, pursuit of happiness, and you can't have any or all three of those without being in good health. So, it's I want to avoid personally. I I would avoid using, um, the human rights, uh, trope personally for me, and I have my own. My, I have my own reasons for that. I I get the the um the meaning the the moral philosophy behind it but uh yeah it's a problematic when i hear that healthcare is a human right it's it strikes me in a weird well way no and it just like well i mean I think know. about think it's, about it this way it's like okay like there's a whole uh, there's a whole debacle going on right now about student lunch debt and the main argument that i'm seeing 
in response to this is like, oh, well, we can feed prisoners three square meals a day, but How we can't. How much does it cost a year to take care of them, to lock but up But we can't somebody. even give kids, you know, breakfast and yeah. lunch for, at their schools. You know what it's I mean? It's fucking and these ridiculous. Kids are, are U.S. citizens going to our public schooling systems and we can't even figure out how to feed them but we can give prisoners three square meals a day and that's the biggest and argument health, that i've heard and dental and health and dental and the prison system thing. is the largest provider of our mental health services in this country it's the prison system i did system. not know that yeah that's where that's you get these up. people that are like fuck it it's, i'll all commit crimes on purpose so that i can go back to jail because i know i got a place to stay i know i'm going to get fed i know i'm going to get my health care i know i'm going to get everything i fucking need and i get to hang out with my homies all day and chill and fucking work out and now it's chill i mean i think like a lot of them you like you can go online or chill on facebook or whatever it's not it's not guantanamo you know <laughs> i we are uh, we have we have to uh get a bell I think a tangent bell for like yes. when we start going on a tangent, we're like hit, hit the bell. <laughs> well, since we're uh, talking about that, I was, um, I was thinking about the, the portion where this is another part of my list here mm-hmm. where, uh, Gabbard shut down Kamala with, um, the insurers that were profiteering off of the American people, private party insurances that are, you know, price jacking along with the, uh, what's it called? The, um, Oh, Lovely. The dog just pissed on the floor. Really, bitch. (laughs) What the fuck? I think we should cut it here and come back to it. Yeah, the only other thing I had on on um on my notes was the Bennett Castro impeachment thing where Bennett was like, No, we can't we can't impeach the president. Yeah, and then because, he flipped immediately. Because, yeah, because McConnell will shut it down and Trump will declare victory. And Castro's like, no, dude, Trump's going to declare victory fucking anyway. He's going to say, oh, they didn't impeach me. I still won. At least if you fucking do your constitutional fucking duty and be the check and balance on the fucking uh, executive branch that you're supposed to fucking be. It will be known that it was Mitch McConnell who fucking and killed it. that was my whole thing Not when I heard that. you I being was a like, pussy. Do it. Impeach him. Fuck it. Fuck it. Even been, if they fail. Even uh, if they fail. My whole thing gonna was like. They're going to fail. They're going to fail. It's going to get shut down in the Senate. McConnell's going to shut it would down. You rather, Let him shut it down. Would you Let rather shut history down. look back unfavorably for you not doing anything for fear that McConnell would shut it down? Or are you going to let history look back on McConnell for the piece of shit that he is for shutting it down and being spineless and and defending a president that's committed felonies against the American people? You know what I mean? Like history's going to look back and they're going to look closely at how the Democrats handled this situation. If they don't introduce impeachment proceedings, they're going to look back unfavorably on them for sitting idly by and allowing this to happen. Regardless it's, of whether McConnell shuts it down or not, that's how yeah. they're going to get viewed either way. There's this whole debate among uh, All eyes Democrats right now that like, oh, it's politically inconvenient. And it's like, what kind of fucking argument is that? You swore an oath. You swore an oath. We put you in office. Fulfill your constitutional fucking duty. Mueller sent you a fucking impeachment referral signed, sealed, and delivered saying the president and his administration obstructed justice on 10 different fucking occasions. 
Most of you didn't even read the goddamn document. You got the Cliff Notes version. You're like, oh, I don't know. We need to get Mueller in here. They and brought the Mueller whole back in. Was a waste of fucking time. It was literally He's just, just like, I refer you to the report. report. Read, read the goddamn the thing. It says it right in there. And then they're like, what oh, Mueller was could basically be... saying was, hey, I fucking already did my job. Yeah. Now the ball is in your court. Do something about it. Your that fucking was the job, whole thing. Congress. Do your job, Do Congress. Do your goddamn job. That's an excellent place to leave it. Um, Michael, what were your thoughts on uh, the debates, both last night and tonight? What were the standout moments for you? Who did you like? Who did you think was uh, uh, silly? <laughs> oh, boy. Um, last night. Last night, the... Pretty much the only candidate that really perked my ears up was uh, Beto. I think he's I think he's well spoken and I think he has good ideas. Um, but I am part of the Yang Gang. I do like a lot of Yang's ideas. Um, so I was excited to see him talk tonight. Um, unfortunately, I didn't have much time to watch. Uh, I was a little bit a little bit busy, but I at least got to see some of his discussions some of some of the topics he covered mm-hmm. we'll probably do another breakdown episode here too oh yeah <clears throat> uh Most and definitely. um i think probably the next one that we record the next session that we sit down for is probably going to be our uh biotech breakdown yes um, with you too uh for the green revolution series so that's going to be really fun um oh yeah fuck uh we have a show to do let's talk to dylan Okay, so let's talk let's let's talk a little bit about tonight and like what what Yang brought on stage. Like it was dope. That breaking the fourth wall thing at the end. When I was reading that kind of stuff on Reddit, I'm just like, what's the big deal about this? But I could see the impact when he did it and you could hear it from the crowd. It was pretty dope. Okay, so Interesting thing happened here. Um, usually when we uh, talk to people remotely, we'll be on for a couple minutes and then we'll do like a formal, here we go, here's, we're starting the show now type thing. Um, we didn't, there wasn't a natural place to do that. We just kind of got on and when I found myself trying to do it, it felt like awkward and uncomfortable. And I, I just kind of have to be true to myself. Like I'm not a journalist. I'm not a public speaker. I'm... I want to think of these less as interviews and more as conversations. Um, obviously, I'm gonna have my homework if I'm talking to a scientist or something, and have you know different areas that I want to touch on. But for like the rest of, uh, I just kind of wanted to be free flowing and natural. So we went through a lot of this um, kind of thinking that it was just going to be bonus content after show, whatever stuff. Uh, but it's not. It's the whole. It's the whole thing. We're uh, we're putting it out. There should be very few uh, minor edits in this. But yes, a major shift in uh, my thinking. Dylan is really cool, uh, and hope to get him back on. But yeah, I'm I'm just gonna put this in here, um, pretty much as is, because it's so cool. Uh, but just keep that in mind that like we were operating through a lot of this under the impression that this was just going to be like extra stuff and we hadn't actually started yet. Uh, but yeah, it, I'm probably going to do a, a, a follow-up 
to reclaiming the circle on this one, just like rethinking uh, how I connect with people and, and just, just changes in my, my thoughts there. Uh, but yeah, here, here we go. Let's just chuck it in there. This is Dylan from Tucson. Cool. Um, so I'll start it and be like, Hey, on the line, here's Dylan. Boom. Mm-hmm. Um, we're already going. I really do want a beer. Joshua, you're closer. Will you give me a beer? Please. Uh, I guess. Please try not to upset the dogs. <laughs> I will try not to. How many uh, dogs do you have? Three. Oh, I have three dogs too. Awesome. Nice. What, what kind? Uh, well, I have my three dogs are Rodeo, JJ, and Max. Rodeo is a Queensland healer. They're all rescue dogs, so they all have their own little like weird PTSDs. Oh, I love it. And Rodeo is this like beautiful fucking dog. She's obviously like how she was a mom in her past existence. And uh, she's just a real chill lay around dog. She was our first dog. JJ is this little black, like looks like Toto from Wizard of Oz. <laughs> real fucking racist, negative attitude, like borks at people all kinds in the outside world like she's just a despicable presence she's dope inside of our house but in the outside world she's untenable and then uh max is actually a dog that we just saw chilling at the park across the street and thought this dog's probably in danger and uh it turns out that it was owned by somebody who lives a couple condos down the way and i backtracked the dog to the owner through the microchip and in talking to this owner, it was pretty clear that she's like not up for the task of preventing this dog from dying a terrible death out in the, you know, streets of Tucson. So uh, I kind of salesmaned her into giving me her fucking dog, and she did. That's awesome, bro, and good on you. That's uh, it's 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 all about the rescues. I have three rescues too, and they all came from horrible fucking situations. Like two of them, like straight up from the border. People just left them in the middle of nowhere. They got rescued by animal control out of some like junkyard where yeah. they're chained up outside. It's just super bad. That's one of them barking now. You can't but be- like you can't believe how many people have outside dogs in this fucking climate that isn't habitable for like fucking people, let alone a little like a little furry guy. You know, it's right? fucked up. You see it all the time. And I I I don't know. I'm not like you know, I'm not peta nuts about animals or anything, but it's no, pretty it's blatant. Up. Like it's very apparent where you're just like, come the fuck on. And you look and you're like, they don't even have water in their dish. And it's like 110 out here. No, yeah. we had people when I was growing up, we had these <laughs> fucking people that lived across the street from us. I was out in Hereford, Arizona and we lived down a dirt road and we had these people that lived right across the way and they had their dogs with no dog house, like, a bucket of water that hadn't been washed out or nothing for probably months at a time. And these dogs were literally just chained to a fucking pole all the time. And I, it irritated the shit out of me all the time growing yeah. up. Cause I saw these dogs and I'm like, it's 103 degrees outside and you got your dog chained to a fucking pole in the sun. I'm like, you know what a great owner you must be. They're, they're not, they don't have pets. They treat them as security systems and that's the fucked up thing. Oh, uh, yeah. Anyway, they're just you know, serving a function. That's true. There's a yeah. lot of people who if have dogs who treat it like that, like it's a tool. Yeah, or they're breeding them to fight or whatever. You know, especially down huge. there on the border. That was huge. Impressive. Dog Valley. fighting is big down there, and that's you, 
In, you were in Prescott Valley? Yeah, dog fighting being popular there does not surprise me at all. My friend has a cabin there, and I've gone up there a couple times, and it is spooky dookie over there, bro. I'm there's no, all real shit. Fucking real <laughs> shit, dude. We had to have our, uh, like, we had kittens. Like, one of our cats had kittens, and we, went, we put them up on Craigslist, and we literally had to put a price, $100 a piece adoption price for these kittens. Be, and, and like when people will come to look at them knowing that they were going to have to pay a hundred dollars, we'd, we'd give them to them for free, but we just wanted to make sure because they would use kittens as bait at these pit bull fights out in Chino fucking Valley. Ugh. Yeah, no. So like we had to put a price on, on the kittens to make sure that they were actually going to homes and not getting used as bait because they would try to pick them up for free or $5 a piece or whatever from uh people that bred them out in the area and stuff. So we put a price on it to let people know like, Hey, these are house pets, not food. You know what I mean? It's it really crazy. fucked up. Yeah. Really fucked up. That is some pretty low regard for just animals and just like other beings. It's pretty fucking gross. Yeah, man, I agree. Freedom dividend would help a lot with that. I think, I think uh, that would help pets out. That would be a good net gain for pets as well as people. Oh, absolutely. I think it's a good net game for everybody. So, yeah, you guys want to get into I don't know, I don't know what topics <laughs> we want to touch on. The the thing that excited me the most when I saw the name of your podcast being called Mind Wave, um it kind of it appeals to a certain like kind of futurist kind of thing in me personally. Yeah. Um I brought up this uh Venus project slash zeitgeist movement slash like fucking whatever you want to call it thing because i don't know if you guys first of all do you remember like probably about 10 years ago those waves of kind of like 9-11 conspiracy yeah, yeah, kind of yeah, videos yeah. one yeah. of them yeah if oh, you remember was <laughs> the, the zeitgeist movement uh i'm not familiar I, yeah i'm not familiar either i know that the zeitgeist is I'm trying, shifting. To, I'm trying to remember the name of what was the one the main 9-11 like youtube thing uh it was um, not, not making sense but it was some kind of fucking play on words kind of thing and it was the primary source for like all that kind of shit anyways the zeitgeist movement um began as a movie that this guy peter joseph made and this was like a while. I'm, I'm, I don't know how old you guys are, but I'm 37. And so this was, I was aware of this right around the time before Obama was elected. And the primary kind of focus of that first movie was just talking about how religion's horseshit and money's horseshit and 9-11 was an inside job and uh, all these other like kind of uh, devious, you know, government oriented kind of, and it was kind of conspiracy ridden and um, very uh, polarized and uh, aggressive and dark and like gritty. And, but it drew my attention just to the voice this guy had uh, being the person I'm, I'm an atheist, I guess, or, mm -hmm. you know, I don't like calling myself that. I just don't believe in shit, you know, when it comes to the religion aspect and uh, <laughs> this this guy is very much that same thing, and one of his big pillars of conversation revolves around um, organized religion. And so, um, and kind of all the sorry, I'm like walking around, 
talking way too fast and my lungs are like, what's up, bro? You've been, I don't, I don't think this you've is, been uh, <laughs> This is beautiful after show content. So oh, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll have, we'll have the clips. We'll put it there. And then this is the kind of shit that we do in our after show. We have it to where like, if you give us a dollar a month, we'll, uh, we'll have all of this kind of shit, uh-huh. uh, just between ourselves and, uh, other random shit that we do. And then that's going to be a whole separate thing that, uh, listeners can get access to uh okay <laughs> well to, to kind of segue how this is like relevant to like yang shit yeah 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 this um so these videos this is right around you know obama coming up and i started paying attention to this peter joseph guy and he got in with this guy named jacques fresco who created something called the venus project um which is basically like a realistic attainable like idea of what a utopia would look like for the civilization we actually have. And Hmm. the, it's pretty fucking crazy. It's pretty out there. It's a, it's a lot of conceptual stuff, but the, the core essence of it really appealed to me um, where it's basically, you know, we're talking like Star Trek shit. We're talking about getting rid of money. Like we're talking about, uh, you know, taking all the world's resources and, you know, basically using like a resource-based economy and the technology that would exist in this, you know, this utopia kind of idea of a world um, to give everybody an amazing standard of living. You know, it's kind of the Star Trek versus Mad Max general argument. Um, This is what that Star Trek kind of thing could look like. Um, And that really attracted me. And a lot of uh, this Jacques Fresco's kind of viewpoints, the guys, he just died like a year or two ago. Hmm. Um, He was super old dude. Um, super fucking smart. Like his viewpoints on all the bullshit around politics, all the bullshit around racism, all the bullshit, you know, all these fucking aberrant kind of things that exist in our world. They were kind of, you know, we're spending all this time nitpick fighting all this shit while our species is busy, like killing itself. Right. We're like the uh, human species are like the only species on this fucking planet that proactively try to fucking ruin themselves. You know, every other fucking species on this planet is spawned and created in such a way where it's meant to to continue to try to thrive. You know, well, I feel like ever since like the industrial revolution, we've kind of inadvertently been, you know, destroying ourselves and, you know, not even realizing it until, you know, as of late. figured it out a while ago. Yeah. Well, I mean, they figured it out. It's just nobody fucking listened to them was the problem. But it was just one of those things of like, you know, we're at the end of the day, we're still animals and we're all about, you know, personal survival you know how to make it to the end of the day but like for we don't view things from the collective and it's more like we need to like bring ourselves more into the collective view of how do we survive as a species absolutely yeah and and so that's the primary focus of the whole venus project thing is like the world's not gonna end the world's gonna be fine it's just us on it like how are we gonna fucking survive you know and all this climate change shit that's happening it's, you know, we're not doing the correct things to slow it down in time. So we're going to have to fucking adapt. And, you know, the only chance that we're going to have as a species to not only just get to continue to exist, because on a long enough timeline, you know, even if we avoid our own personal economic collapse here or whatever, the world as a whole is getting pretty fucking shady in a lot of fucking places, you know. And automation isn't just going to happen here. It's going to happen in a lot of other places. And we're already looking at our own struggle with dealing with it. When you think of what's going to happen in like other continents 
when this shit comes and sweeps over them, it's just, oh, it's going to get real Mad Max. Like, it sounds like it's going to get real fucking gross. Yeah, it's it's going to get a lot worse before it gets better. The general trend is is getting better. When you look at, like, long, long time, if you're looking on long time scales, the standard of human living is getting better. Oh, We're absolutely, on an upward trajectory, yeah. But we are going to have some very hard down spikes and... It, embracing the best science and technology that's out there to help alleviate that human suffering as fast and as if most efficiently as we can is like should be our number one priority not as the united states of america as the human race like we need to accelerate science and t- technology as fast as we can and utilize it as best as we can to alleviate human suffering but i feel like working as a collective um, yeah of course one 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 humanity humanity first we're only responsible for 15 percent of you know yes tangent 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 dylan dylan uh are you familiar with yuval noah harari no i've heard that name before though i think just you bro okay so uh do you do you audible no, not really. Not specifically Audible. I just, I pirate a lot of shit. Okay. Um, for legal reasons, we will censor that. No, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm fucking with you. No, um, Yuval, Y-U-V-A-L, Noah, like you'd uh, expect, Harari, H-A-R, <laughs> Harari, no, fuck. H-A-R-A-R-I. I'm, <laughs> I, I could just guess right. a fucking yeah. Google yeah. search. No, 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 it would, no, no, it would no, correct no. me. Start Sapiens. His book Sapiens is fucking phenomenal. It's about the rise of this weird species of monk species of monkey that we are, and how we took over the world, and goes so deep into so much of this stuff. And then his the book following that is called Homo Deus, where it talks about like the next evolution of human like when we fully Ooh, like embrace yeah when we fully embrace the potential of biotechnology and artificial intelligence to upgrade ourselves we will literally become gods and that is the premise of homo deus it's a fucking amazing book and oh, then he reads sure. his his third one is 21 lessons for the 21st century and he gets real and he talks about like the global uh, political stage. He talks about the rise of automation and the need for universal basic income and services. Like he takes, he goes that futurist route. Like how do we get there? How do we get to this fucking utopia in a, in a way that recognizes that all the way back, we're just this weird ass species of hairless monkey that learned how to talk to each other and fly to and flight of the moon you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah yeah right. Right. it sounds like it shares some themes with uh venus project like resource-based economy stuff because it's it's kind of universal basic income is considered uh, like a feasible segue uh to uh, an eventual outcome with you know just no monetary system let's let's shift to first first let's shift to human-centered capitalism as a concept what your thoughts are there and then move on to um you know to just tell us a little bit more about you know you i guess and the venus project and introduce that to yeah so 
um, on the human-centered capitalism aspect, that the biggest thing, I mean, first off, Yang's campaign really like appealed to me right off the bat, just just from the the unification standpoint, like seeing evidence of like conservative dudes being into him. I was like, we fucking need this guy. Like that's all I could think of. Like that was the biggest thing I was looking for is something to kind of reduce, you know, the divisiveness kind of thing. But the, the human centered capitalism stuff specifically, like I've been looking at the automation kind of horizon for like 10 years from paying attention, like Venus project and zeitgeist movement stuff. And also working in fields where I saw little apps get created and they just wiped out like every host. I worked at Sprint for like eight years and I saw them release a web page on an iPad that replaced a job. And that job evaporated in every Sprint store in the country overnight. You know, And if the argument is like, well, somebody had to make that app, it wasn't like 2,000 something people. Like there are, that's how many Sprint stores there are. You know, it's probably like a team of like ten or fifteen dudes. So, you know, I've had I've had a couple little personal run-ins with this kind of stuff. And as I'm looking at it on the horizon, you know, I never in my wildest dreams did I think that we were going to get a candidate who, you know, basically wants to like run this country with fucking science. You know, I I voted for Bernie in 2016, and um, then inevitably did the the Hillary vote just because I didn't want to get Trump in there. But it was a t- disgusting choice to have to make. Yeah. And it was super disappointing. And even, no, it and was I mean, really shitty having to make that choice of Hillary to Trump. That was like, ugh. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. It, and oh, the fact that she was the nominee just was not fun. But anyway, continue, continue. Uh, I, I want to make a quick analogy. It felt like jerking off in a porta potty <laughs> Voting for <laughs> Hillary Clinton felt like jerking off in a porta potty It's like, well, I got to do it, and I'm on the road. And this is the most disgusting place. <laughs> but it needs to be done. It's got to happen. That's a horrible. <laughs> this is horrible. I love it. I, love I mean, it. let me let me put it this way. When Obama was running, I had the opinion that it didn't even matter if somebody like him won because the system was just so fucked. And there's just so much of this red and blue four to eight year ping pong. That nothing was going to get like if he if he honestly went in there with the intent of like getting a ton of shit done for people. I, in my mind, was like, he's going to get one of those things done, you know, and that was ACA kind of right. Not even to its full fruition. But I mean, all throughout those eight years, I mean, we watched him just get fought tooth and nail, tooth and nail the whole entire time. Yeah, for sure. For sure. But like, it's just been a gridlock. And I feel like, you know, the fact that Yang is pulling people from both the left and the right. Like, I mean, he flipped Tucker Carlson, man. Like, that's huge. Yeah. Be Goldberg in the same sentence. Exactly. <laughs> what exactly. the fuck? Yeah, like, listen, I have I have a lot of conservatives in my family. Like, my whole last name is all stemmed from those fucking people. And, you know, I want to be able to have, like, a normal Thanksgiving again. You know, my dad's like a climate change denier. It's fucking, it's like, it's, it infuriates me. And like, it's hard to have a relationship with somebody while they're, while they're kind of knee deep in that shit. And he buys all the Trump rhetoric and all that kind of stuff and echoes it off. And it's just, it just sucks. And I, you spend a lot of time after that election thinking about like, oh, how do all these people fucking believe in this shit? And it kind of, it kind of removes you from, the scarcity mindset argument of like 
you know, yeah, when people are having a bad time economically, what do you know? They get a little dumber, you know, and that applies to both sides of the fucking political spectrum, you know, and the way that this guy comes in with kind of his unification kind of focus and trying not to isolate people out. It's, it's the best fucking thing we can imagine. And I think that, I mean, when he's elected, it's going to set a new standard for like what a president should fucking be about, you know, and it's going to be one of those historic milestones where you see a country kind of get shit together for a while. Hopefully that's a trend that continues for a long time after, but I'm just, I'm just, in i'm just in it to this guy because i don't think automation is something we should fear i think it's amazing i think it's this thing that humanity should really embrace if we get our shit together it could you know all these technological advances could be the best thing that's ever happened to human beings you know exactly. and that's that's what it's all about like that's the fucking goal line and i like that this motherfucker's pushing the ball up to the 50 yard line you know everybody else is back at the other side of the field they don't know how to fucking, you know, I don't know. I'm not good. I, I don't fucking know enough about football. They're, you know, they're just not <laughs> runs. They're not making, you know, the touchdowns. They're not pass. They're not making passing yards. <laughs> they, they, uh, they're not kicking the sporty balls into the uh, goal. Hoop. In the game, you know, when it, like when, when it comes to the ideas of even when I was for Bernie, you know, the federal jobs guarantee kind of thing in the back of your mind. You're just like, how's that going to fucking work out? And, you know, I, I fucking, I like a lot of the guy's instincts, but he's having got, something like he's Yang got a good of, heart, but his, his ideas are just not there. But with Yang, yeah, it's like, like he's got a plan for everything, you know, so the, like idea, he's got the ideas and the plan to back it up. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the whole, the, I mean, the spirit of the Green New Deal is a fucking amazing. Like we obviously we need to work towards sustainability, but yeah, like you said, we're only fifteen percent of that total fucking pollution output. So we get our shit together, and it won't matter unless everybody else does too. And even then, you know, it's not necessarily going to rewind the planet's fucking carbon clock. And but so see, that's like we had a conversation briefly also about like you know how the fact that yes, we are only 15% of it. That just means that we need to collaborate with other world leaders and other nations and absolutely collectively to come to an agreement. And like, it needs we to be need a global effort. Absolutely. We need to lead is, is the important part. We need, we need to, to be, be the, the one the, investing the, head the people most. at the table and tell everyone to come in and say, look, have a seat. Let's talk this shit out. We need to find a solution and we need to all strive for it together. No, 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 because no, no. unless no, no, everybody no, no, no. participates, I, I it's not going to happen. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get weirdly patriotic. I think the United States of America is the only country on the planet who is capable of leading this. We need a fucking leader. We need somebody in the front lines at the front of the ship we need a George Washington. We need like a Winston Churchill of climate change. We need somebody to guide us through this fucking war on the climate. That like. needs to be the United States. Okay, we need to invest. Uh, it astronomically, we need to invest astronomically into the science and technology behind energy production, healthcare, all of these things, agriculture. You know. Everything, everything, everything. We need to lead the world and lead by example, and then export that to the rest of the world, like we exported Coca Cola and 
Guns. Blue jeans and cowboy hats. Because you know what? No matter where you go in the world, you will see Coca-Cola, McDonald's, blue jeans. We, our biggest export is not measured in GDP. Our biggest export is cultural. We lead the world in so many ways that aren't recognized. Like and we are the country that everybody stage, fucking looks to. watching us. Why not use that stage to lead the way on climate change? Everybody's already watching our movies and listening to our music. And it's, it's, it's not just that. Okay. Think about this for a minute. All right. We feel very self-important like, Oh, we're the best thing ever. Um, everybody in the goddamn world knows Donald Trump every like globally. Do you know? Do you know um, the prime minister of? You, do you know what I'm saying? Like Americans, we're not aware of of other countries' no, political bullshit. No, and I bullshit. feel like that stems back to our education. Though, but like everybody they teach us so knows. Much about our country, everybody but they sees don't teach us because we're the them. We're the prime example. You know what I mean? That we're exporting our culture to everywhere else, and that's why we're seeing the same kind of shit happening all around the world right now with the rise of you know authoritarian type nationalism um, call it for what it is right-wing nationalism you know like xenophobia all that shit like we are exporting that shit it's not just getting worse at the same time it's like that is our cultural export and we need to fucking own that shit and we need to see we need to start cleaning that shit up like it's the gulf of mexico well i think it has its own spawn points in the countries it's in too because the other thing you're looking at is those countries are are getting the same division games played and it's not necessary i mean I don't necessarily disagree with you that we set a bad example for other countries, but a lot of it I really see is tied up in economic distress. And these other countries are dealing with a lot of the same problems and they're just as mystified on how to, you know, bring a solutions based approach as we are. Of course. And I'm saying we need, we need to be like the ones leading the artists and, and sharing that with the rest of the world. Like, um, well, the trend that both, I've noticed, everybody's the private already mar- following the- our lead. I mean, we just need to set the example across the board economically, you know, with our health care, with our, yes, you know, yes, climate I adjustments, think, everything. I, I think we need to set the example, A, but we also need to back it up. We need to put our money where our mouth is because we're spent. Look at what we're spending on the military now. We could be doing a much better job of distribution of the wealth of this nation into building a stable world that we can all fucking live on. We're the only ones capable of doing it. People ask why the migrants coming up from Central America don't safe harbor in Mexico. They don't have the infrastructure. We do. I'm sorry. We're the best, you know, the the richest, most advanced, whatever. I'm saying we can do it. We're the only ones capable of doing it, and I think we should do it. We should use our advancements. We should give them royalty-free Royalty free, humanitarian, we should be providing, we should develop the infrastructure first, and then we should give it away to the rest of the world. Develop it, implement it, and then give it out. For free. I'm talking energy infrastructure, agriculture infrastructure. Um, You know, just, you know what I mean? Like, we, that is our, that should be our role. We need a new goddamn moonshot to be like nerd country 
you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? I forget Science who was saying it, but like, we need like our own space race, but for fixing the climate. Yeah. Yeah. It's, we need there are to two like, directions to go. We need to go the right way. And I think we need to lead. We don't, of course we need to bring everybody else to the table and sit down with all of them and be like, yeah, guys get on board. But I think, I think we need to be at the fucking head of the ship. Yeah. The in bitch. my mind, that's, that's the, that's the essence of what I think the green new deal should be like literally exactly what you're talking about. Um, the, the other ancillary kind of, stuff associated with it with the federal jobs guarantee and all that that shit is a weird crux and it's like you know in that world like just imagine this timeline plays out we all band together and we get in this big infrastructure thing right and we're talking they're just aiming right at this they're not doing ubi they're not doing anything else in the background right we're gonna activate this whole country to like revitalize the fucking infrastructure and then we're going to be done doing that at some point. And on the other side of that, they're just jobs won't be a thing. Like, what the fuck is a job going to be at that point in time where technology is already like we're done having to do any physical labor at all? All that shit is automated. You know, that's the, that's the one thing about that that direction that kind of has a dead end to me, where they're not looking at what needs to take place during it and after it, but. That, that aspect of what you're talking about, where this country needs to be the example, I'm fully behind that. This needs to be like they need to do a Venus project like as a country where we have a design to the way that our whole entire shit is set up and we use technology to elevate everybody's standard of existence and education and all that kind of shit and like rewrite the rules of existence for fucking people. Because this Darwinism fucking thing that we're born into is fucking horseshit. And on a long enough timeline, like it's it's going to work out exactly how it's supposed to be. And we're just going to gobble each other the fuck up. Mm. You know, and I think for being the the self the self-proclaimed smartest species on the planet, we should be able to work a way out of this. You know, we do not have to meet the demise that every other species has in the past or is going too soon of going extinct because we cannot work past the things that are killing us and the things that are a detriment to our survival, you know, for being the the smartest creatures on the planet, there is no reason we should not be able to figure out a way around this shit. And uh, add on, I'm sorry. I know you're about to say something, dude. I'm like an add on to that. Oh my God. Did I lose it? I lost it. Fuck! Being well, the wealthiest planet or no, the wealthiest no, no, no. country no, on the planet. God okay. damn it! I, was I like... had I had an interjection and I forgot it mid thing. <laughs> you uh, fucked no. up. We got to start the whole thing over. <laughs> oh Jesus! Oh my God! Where was I? See, this is why it is important to take notes. <laughs> yeah, my biggest thing is if the goal line okay, is we'll like. You know, the money, like capitalism and the money system or whatever, it's it's not going to last forever. It's just not sustainable. You know, this planet doesn't have the resources to supply it the way it wants to work. So at some point in time, all that shit, you know, the, the biggest thing about people who follow Zeitgeist Movement and Venus Project, the unfortunate aspect that I see, because I'm kind of detached from that community nowadays, Um, But they have come out with a lot of uh, videos that really give you an idea of what society could look like if it was 
intelligently, you know, designed and science was at the forefront of our civilization to let everybody flourish and, you know, exist and become interplanetary and all those dope Star Trek fucking fantasies that we all hope eventually happen one day. It's like the, the most reasonable graphic display of what that would actually fucking look like. And when Yang came about, I was like, I don't know if this guy knows those guys, but this is like this fucking segue. This is like the guy because the unfortunate reality of people who believe in that whole curriculum and that the idea of that future is they think that we are not savable. Like we're fucked and we're going to have to wait until there's a big, you know, implosion and they're going to be there to present the, the new best way to run a civilization after everything's in crumbled and shit. And like, I'm not somebody who thinks that negatively of us, you know, as much as I'm kind of a pessimist in a lot of ways. Um, I have hopes that it won't come to that and that we could get our shit together. And uh, I started losing that hope for a while until I, I saw Yang and started looking into him and read his fucking book. And I'm just like, this guy fucking gets it. Like he's, he's that fucking, he's making, he's making the strides in the right direction overall. Yeah. See, like you, I was in the same boat after 2016, after watching Trump take the, take the presidency, I was like, you know, all right. Okay. So this happened. Um, what do we do now? And I, I had hope for a little while. I was like, you know, I kind of watched on and discussed as all this shit happened and the grabber by the pussy shit came out. And then one thing after the next, and then one after one, his cronies started dropping like flies and getting arrested and shit. And I was just like, okay, well, where do we go from here? Is 2018 going to be the election where we flip the house and the Senate? And yeah, we got the house, but the Senate's still, you know, majority Republican. And it just seems like, you know, the support of his base has gone into you know this nationalist cult and i had lost a lot of hope and when i had initially got in touch here with jenner and he introduced me to andrew yang i was like okay well whatever i don't i don't do politics i'm not a politics guy i don't i don't really give a shit i only started paying attention right. after trump got elected because i was That's, like how the fuck yeah. did the host of the apprentice become the goddamn <laughs> president of the united states that's like, the story for everybody it's like i was like i literally like woke up we, in that moment i was people, like what the fuck like, did our parents do to us just now parents. like what happened because i'm like i had just Until just walked into this. adulthood you know a couple years prior and like now we're going into this shit show of a Trump presidency and I'm like, okay, so it's going to have to be our generation that fixes this because, you know, the older generation has failed us time and time again. And I was like, okay, well, what's going to happen? And then he introduced me to Yang and I was like, everything that he was saying just made sense. And it applied to me and everybody around me. Um, you know, just it, all of his ideals human-centered capitalism, replacing GDP, you know, the freedom dividend, all of it. It's just like... Getting rid of the penny. I mean, just good ideas. <laughs> it, yeah. if, if it takes two it cents to make a penny, small, don't make fucking like, pennies. Why, I'm sorry. Why would we keep making them if it sorry, costs not sorry. Nobody likes fucking pennies. Well, Come on. His, that's his that's Andrew Yang in a uh, nutshell. It's like a good idea. Boom. Do it. His thing of giving all these political positions a pay raise... And then not allowing them to take speaking money and all that shit. That's one of my f favorite things, just from the aspect of 
how fucked up our democracy is right now. Oh, seriously. Uh, I mean, you know, it, but I mean, even in its most optimal form, you know, our democracy is still like what? Like it's still not, you know, the way it's, especially the way it's set up, it's so far from removed from getting people a net gain, you know? And like, you could, you could look at the other candidates however you want, but like at the end of the day, if you're just looking at, at every single possible outcome for who, you know, whose policies would get enacted and what they would be as a president, like Andrew Yang's got it in the fucking bag when it comes to just net gain for humanity. Like I don't, I don't see another, another politician or another candidates. I don't see a single policy that's going to raise our country's average IQ. Like that's some pretty fucking potent shit. And we could use a lot of that right about now, you know, we're going to fucking need it when these problems start getting real dangerous in our fucking face, you know? And if we have people who have their heads up their asses, like they are today, it's going to be a fucking shit show, just like you would expect. You know, all those terrible fucking movies we've seen of all these environmental calamities and all that, that shit's going to be real and people are going to be real fucking unprepared for it. You know, I think if uh, we can get our heads out of our asses and and help people in this country, I think you're going to see a lot of, you know, obviously all the UBI stuff has, you know, the association of like crime drops and all that jazz. But I mean, when you're just looking at, just people being a little fucking a little more chilled out, you know. I could, the the if UBI came fucking tomorrow in fucking Tucson, you know, and everybody started getting freedom dividend, I can't even imagine how much more pleasant the traffic would be here. You know, when I drive through Tucson right, right. now, like Tucson is a fuck. I I I've never really had anxiety in my life, and the only time I ever get anything like it is when I'm driving in fucking Tucson. I can attest yeah. to that. Tucson is a nightmare, and so is Phoenix. Trying to drive through there is just. I oh. have you ever driven in San Diego or L.A.? I have driven around there, yeah, and, and I just mean what I mean is yeah. like the, the you can see uh, people's like shitty personalities and how their car moves around, and oh, all yeah. I see when I'm driving around is just a fucking bunch of people who are really mad. We're really stressed, or they gotta get somewhere quick, and that probably involves something with a shitty job they don't like. You know, this freedom dividend—it's uh, a big fucking deal, and it, it can't be understated how potent it is. And uh, I just—I fucking love it. Like the the idea—I mean, you know, because when it comes to a big thing with this Jacques Fresco guy and his Venus Project thing, is he would talk about uh, racism, you know, because he was born in like the fucking twenties or some shit. And this guy, when he talks about, he like drops the end bomb and stuff. It's a little, <laughs> little risque for its time. Um, but this guy went and met. There's a couple similar stories like this. I'm sure you guys have heard. But this guy met with the leader of like a Ku Klux Klan chapter, and he fucking like talked the dude out of being in the fucking KKK, and he disbanded an entire thing just by being a logical, smart fucking dude. And having an educated fucking thing when he went and talked to these people and he didn't talk down to him. He didn't treat them like shit. He just reprogrammed the shitty fucking thing that they were born into. Because, you know, we have this idea that these fascists and these conservatives and all these like shitty people around are, you know, the, you know they are the enemy when it comes to the idea of their ideals and like what they're trying to fucking push. But in reality, like I, I grew up around people who ended up being kind of racist ass fucks or whatever. And, you know, you'd split off in childhood friendships and you'd see them go their own way and hang out with different people. 
And all that shit was driven by their shitty household, their shitty fucking parents, like all these aberrant conditions that like create these fucking people. And if we can do something that's going to give a huge net gain to people and generations of people and give them that fucking security in their minds, we're, we're going to become better people like as an, as a net result in this country. And yeah, no, so like we've seen this, it, it all mostly started around uh, Nixon and it was carried on through, you know, Bush senior and Reagan. And this, this idea that like, you don't have to think about the economy and the world around you. We'll do it for you. Just trust us has kind of just led people into just, you know, believing what they're told. And I think with Andrew Yang is he's like, no, absolutely. Like question everything. Like here, like if you don't believe me, here's the data. It's like, you know, you ask anybody on the other side of the aisle about a lot of these policies, you know, like, okay, why these tax cuts, why these tax cuts, they can't give you a straight fucking answer as to why they're cutting taxes on the rich, you know, because they know fully well that it's not going to give the benefits that they promised and, you know, they're getting essentially getting caught with their hand in the cookie jar at this point, And they're like fighting for their lives, clean to relevancy. Like, it's just with Yang, he's up front. He's like, this is how things are. And if you don't agree with it, that's OK, because the facts speak for themselves. Go be wrong somewhere else. You know what I mean? Like, it's just. Well, yeah, it that's is what cool, it is with him. Cool it is what it is. Behind, like science and logic, like running a fucking White House. Is it doesn't care about your fucking opinion about something, you know? It's just stating the reality, and then we have to adapt and deal with it as it actually is, instead of the way it usually works is how it's presented to people through, you know, fucking corporate TV news and all this shit. Like, I, that was the, I, I really, I couldn't believe, like, 2016 was the first time that I really saw how both sides of the TV played with people's opinions and like leaned people into shit and leaned people into like Hillary Clinton. And despite like real, you know, I I remember there was polling when it was still, when Bernie was still in the race, there was theoretical polling of Bernie versus Trump and then Clinton versus Trump. And the Bernie versus Trump was plus or minus, you know, fucking like 14 points uh, with Bernie leading Right. And then it was plus or minus one point in a theoretical Clinton versus Trump thing. Right. And when I see that, I'm like, okay, like if you're running a fucking team, if you're, you know, this, we'll get into an NBA analogy. You know, if you're head coach of a fucking team, like, don't you want to take the fucking win? Like, based on stats of your actual players, you're not going to put the guy who's shitty up at the fucking three-shot line or whatever the fuck. You know, you're going to go with what's going to get your party a win. And when the DNC played all of its little fucking reindeer games to make sure they crush the progressive guy and prop up this fucking lady, you know, who's already, like, I mean, the only thing I knew about her is The DNC is just notorious for trying to stay centrist, though. That's the thing is, like, they wanted to go with the moderate candidate. They did not want to embrace Bernie after he made the comment about being a democratic socialist because they did not want to align themselves with that belief. They were going to go for anybody that had a chance against Trump that was not calling themselves a socialist. And I feel like that's where they lie. uh, But like, here's the thing, what we consider, you know, super far left radical socialist 
stuff that Bernie's proposing is really just honestly just not even that far to the left. It's just, you know, no, yeah, it's basic just human rights. Like, okay, you want, you want, everybody has the right to healthcare. Everybody has the right to, you know, you know, eat and pay their bills if they work 40 hours a week. You know, this general idea of like, People should be Life, doing okay. liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Well, we do, exactly. we do have to give him credit for setting the new baseline. Like the the only reason why that's a baseline he did raise the bar is I will say. Yeah, Bravo but, him for raising the bar. I did. I did have. I did kind of hold some contention when that whole thing played out. You know, and I remember you know Elizabeth Warren endorsing Clinton when she could have endorsed him. That was super disappointing, and then. You know, the fucking, uh, they go into the general election thing and it's all Hillary and whatever. And then she fucking loses. Trump wins. My first thought was, is Bernie going to fucking get up in front of this country and explain to everybody what just fucking happened within his own political party? And that did not happen. He did not fucking call him out after the fact. He just played fucking ball. And it upset me greatly. Like, I, you know, he's the guy who finds corruption under every nook and fucking cranny. This is the most blatant thing that victimized him personally. And just nothing happened. And then, you know, like a month or two ago, they were bringing it up in a conversation with him in an interview. And they said, do you think uh, that's going to happen this time? And he's like, oh, yeah, probably, probably not. And it was basically like, you know, it, if the DNC were to kind of lean on somebody again, there's nothing different about the current situation that would prevent that from happening all over again, you know? And it's scary, man. This fucking, this party leadership is downright fucking gross. Well, I mean, there's a lot of odds as well that are kind of stacked against, you know, between just the fact of, you know, gerrymandering is still a thing. The electoral college is still a thing. Term limits are not a thing when they should be, you know, there's a lot of odds that are stacked against. And, you know, it, it seems like with, Republicans for the first two years of the Cheetos presidency having, um, you know, a chokehold over the Senate, the House and, you know, the White House was, you know, this whole thing of like, you know, with even just like they, they overextended to the point that they put, you know, Kavanaugh on the Supreme Court. That's a lifetime appointment. Like there's no undoing that. There's no changing that. And then they wanted to add that citizenship question on the census was just like, you know, they're, they're doing everything they can at whatever advantage and whatever angle they can take. And the DNC has been notorious for being just lackadaisical. And, you know, we've watched the right rise up, you know, overall, (laughs) we've watched this whole thing build to the point where it is, where we have these fervent Trump supporters that will just believe anything he says and the DNC has just been kind of sitting here with our thumb up their asses and we have not found direction. And I think that's where a lot of people poke fun at them is because they're like, Oh, do we want to stay more centrist? Do we want to go moderate? Do we want to go really far left? Like they don't know which direction they're going. So like, I feel like that's a part of the reason and it's contributing to the fact of why the field is so wide right now. Mm even compared with 2016 like uh tldr punditry is dumb and polls don't matter (laughs) fair enough really people pay way too much attention to that shit because it doesn't matter it doesn't as much as we want to think when uh the democratic party sends us an email and 
we send them a message back saying what oh, we thought. God, it doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It, I get so many of those from doing all the Yang polls and oh, stuff. Especially like, now, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yang Gang's yeah, been blowing like, me up lately. <laughs> that shit, it's, I mean, if you want to do it, fine. There are better ways to get involved. If you want to fix this shit in the world, and uh, I am taking this moment now, I'm going to add a sound effect right here. Dun, 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 dun. I'm announcing the fix this shit project where because we're not running ads, we still want to support good things happening in the world. So I want to actively explore good things happening in the world. Uh, legitimate people trying to solve real problems on the ground. We're talking about, uh, you know, NGOs and, and places and not taking money on their behalf, but saying, no, go directly to them. If you think this is important, go support that with your own money and just being kind of a conduit to that. I don't know why I segued into that, but... Uh, no, I mean, uh, I think it was a good segue. It was imp- it's important. Is not about like, uh, oh, ooh, what kind of money can be made? No, like the, the let's fix this shit that's that's where i'm where i'm trying to go and let's maybe make that a recurring segment i don't know yet (laughs) so um i wanted to ask you a couple questions dylan and i'm kind of drawing a blank um but i guess i'll just start out with um what uh what what drew you into working with the Yang Gang in Tucson? Like what I, I know that you were passionate about Andrew Yang when you had first heard about him and you were like, This is the guy that we need and you got you were like me, you got really excited about him after hearing, you know, what he had to say. Uh-huh. Yeah. What uh, what exactly was it that drew you into kind of working with the campaign and uh being a member of the Yang Gang out there? Well, one of the very fortunate. Well, <laughs> I guess it could be considered unfortunate by some people's standards, but uh, I worked in a, in a busy cell phone store for like eight years and uh, I decided to get the fuck out of there. I saved up a little bit of money and then uh, I dipped out and my plan was just to not work for a while and kind of center myself and find uh, something to, to kind of be a little passionate about in terms of work. That's what I was thinking. Um, Instead, this Andrew Yang fella came into my fucking life and I was just like, holy shit, I'm going to use his spare time to increase the probability of this guy getting fucking elected. And I think I have the, the personal intellect to, to somehow uh, increase the chance of that happening, even by, you know, if it's a fraction of a decimal. Um, so that was my initial drive, just the luxury of spare time. Um, the first debate kind of thing came up and I was in this, uh, Tucson Yang gang Facebook group. Uh, it's still there. It's where you guys post it on there. Uh, it's not super active, but we would really like more people, uh, to get in there and get involved. So anybody, you know, uh, get them into that Facebook group. And I ran this little, I searched around uh, all these different bars to try to find a place that would allow us to watch the debates and I made like a little flyer for it 
And I got like 15 people to show up. Uh, it ended up being at the depot. Um, there was actually, I went to this meetup app because I saw that there were a couple different groups over there. And there's also like an atheist group that meets there. And so I try to incorporate other groups and try to bring just as many people who don't know about them as possible. But uh, none, of, none of that stuff really panned out. Uh, my first big endeavor with trying to help the campaign was I sent an email to Noam Chomsky. I don't know if you guys are fans of that guy. Do you guys are you guys aware of him? Mm, I'm, I'm vaguely aware. I I wouldn't say I, I I'd say I'm aware of his criticisms. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> yeah, I'm, I don't I know Noam Chomsky to any significant degree in the same way I don't know uh, Glenn Greenwald. Any significant degree. Okay, well, it's not a big and deal. That, that's, that's a bias. Like, you know, I'm sure you, as soon as you see his face on a video, you'll be like, oh, this fucking guy. Yeah, I've heard this guy say smart shit before. Um, oh, yeah, he's, yeah. he's generally, like, he's like the eighth most quoted person on the planet or something. Um, just, he's been around for a long time. He worked at MIT for an incredibly long time. I think he's a, like a linguist. Um, but, you know, he's he's got some pretty valid criticisms of uh, a lot of, dark, dirty shit our country gets into in the name of, you know, fucking whatever. Money, generally. And uh, he calls it like it is. Anything you've ever heard from this guy, like anything I've ever watched of him talking, like, he, he doesn't pull punches and he's, he's not full of shit. Like, he's just telling it like it is. And I could see why, uh, you know, he's not a household name because, you know, he's not gonna, they're not going to have him on MSNBC anytime soon. Um, so anyways, this guy, he's kind of re in retirement mode to some extent, but he's still active and he's getting on podcasts and stuff. And he works at the U of A now. He's, uh, you know, one of their little like one class professors that just kind of hangs out or whatever. So I emailed him about Andrew Yang and apparently he had met him already and they had planned on potentially meeting. And so I asked him, like, yeah, you'd be down. And he's pretty enthusiastic about meeting with him. And then I uh, kind of shot it up the ladder, like, 20 different ways. And I made a Reddit post that uh, got, like, upvoted to the heavens, which feels good when you don't usually care about shit like that. I was like, oh, yeah, this thing, and people are pretty excited. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, um, I really haven't heard anything back from the campaign, which is kind of disappointing. But they might have their own reason for They're not uh, interviewing. Very busy. They're very busy, and and this is an important uh, an important thing. It's a small group of nerds trying to make this shit happen, and we need to help them as much as we can because they are not. The, I did. Yang is not that. a politician. Okay, he doesn't have PAC money. Okay, he doesn't have large dollar donors. He needs the nerds of the world to fucking unite and go let's fucking help this nerd get elected yeah, so because we need a goddamn nerd. My primary drive, them, but it was, uh, it was very brief. I was just inquiring about starting a Yang gang out here because um, the, uh, there, there's nothing in Cochise County and the nearest one is up in Tucson. So yeah. I was like, you know, how do we yells the closest spread one. the word? Cause I'm like, you know, our demographic out here, I mean, it, in Sierra Vista anywhere where I was living, it was, a, you know, it's a military town. It's like mostly, you know, majority Republican. I think it's like 65, 70% re Republican out there. And he was the only guy that was turning Republicans. And I'm like, okay, like let's, 
get his name out here because he might actually have a chance to flip this place. Right. Um, I think we need to take it state. I think uh, individual area, Yang Gangs, too esoteric, too small, too obscure. We need an Arizona Yang Gang. We need to unify the state around this guy because he has so many points that affect us directly here in Arizona, and we need to unify behind that when you talk about people being thrown in fucking jail for owning a small amount of fucking marijuana in their pocket or whatever, or if you talk about, uh, it's, 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 we need to tailor that specifically to our challenges and say, no, we're not, we live on the border. We're not, it's, it's not Mad Max mode down here. We're not being murdered by crazy you know, desert rebels. It's not whatever hellscape uh, they're trying Fox to paint it to be, yeah. to tell it. You know, so <laughs> providing the 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 Yang context. Oh, oh, and uh, this is another thing that I'm hoping uh, we're going to get on real quick. Like I was telling you earlier about uh, a small business owner in a rural area. How a fifteen dollar minimum wage at the federal level would seriously. F- fuck them over and put them out of business and just like talk about like how across the democratic field, aside from me, how the other policies neglect us specifically. Let's unit. Let's unite on that shit. Let's unite around uh, funding for fucking teachers. Let's unite around a fucking common sense border policy. Let's unite around all of these fucking things that are specific to fucking Arizona and draw that into one thing. It's one Yang gang. Let's not be like, we're the Bisbee Yang gang. <laughs> that makes no sense. Right, yeah, like, I like that, man. people here. Should, Let's you be should come like, into the, the Phoenix Arizona. gang page and go on there and, and talk about starting a new page where just everybody goes to that state page instead of the city one. Yeah. The Yang gang in Phoenix Expand, is popping man. a lot more off than than it is here, at least from what I've seen. I mean, I have That's friends that, that I mean, I've they're the, they're the sixth Phoenix largest that, city in the world or in in the United States. I mean, the fact yeah. that he's got so much support out there is going to be huge, and getting that involvement to kind of bleed over into, say, Tucson and like our areas out here in Cochise County with Sierra Vista, Bisbee, Douglas, Benson, all those areas out here. You know, getting that kind of support to bleed over. And that head count too, you know what I mean? Like, cause they've got the support out there. Like we need that to just spread across the state and doing it on a state level could help with that. Yeah. Hashtag, and- sorry, sorry. Hashtag unify AZ. Use that fucking shit. Hashtag unify AZ. Hashtag unify I'm talking to my AZ. Twitter manager who's sitting right here who hasn't said anything in like an hour. <laughs> he's, he's he's given me a uh yeah no uh yeah unify az yang gangs motherfucker let's bring all this shit together into one thing because yes. i'm in so many right now and it's so hard to keep track and most of it's just overlap let's uh reposted let's, from one to the other to the other i'm like we need just one page unify one- arizona man yes let's do it one one yang gang for <laughs> Arizona. 
all these little ones were also sad because we're like, oh, it's small and shitty because we only know like five are people guys, with working brains. <laughs> are you guys on the the Yang uh, the Yang Slack? Yeah, I am. I am not. I need to get on. I there. I am. Um, so there's a couple really helpful resources on there. There's this guy, uh, Tom Chupakovich, that I talked to. Uh, he was really helpful in shooting up the Nam Chomsky thing. When I mentioned it to him, he was like super fucking excited. He was like, are you serious? So, it, you know, it kind of it helped me pet me up towards the cause I was going for. Um, and yeah, they have a lot of uh, Arizona specific resources. And that person you mentioned from Sierra Vista, I actually just got messaged. I was tagged in this post where I, it was me and her, that uh, what's her name? I don't want to just say the the girl from Sierra Vista. Wait, are you talking about Annette? Yeah, 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 Annette. Yeah. Aravaca. She's in Aravaca. Aravaca. Okay, yeah, yeah. She's not too far from here. I I saw it on a map recently. Yeah, so yeah, I, mean, I had to look it up too because I was asking awesome. her about it. I hadn't been there. Yeah, so I've never get on been that there Slack either. thing because that's where you can get into doing the phone banking and the text banking stuff. I have uh, I turned off the note. I am in there. I just I I am sad to admit that I turned off notifications because there's oh, yeah, way too much going on right now. I, I am yeah. I mean, I I am what the Democratic Party would be, would call working poor. Okay, I'm not a middle class guy. I'm a working poor person. We are wage slaves. So. Yeah. I'm already busting my ass full time and trying to produce this show and trying to do all these other things and I have the kind of job where I can like listen to shit all day. I don't necessarily have to engage with people. So that's like study time for me. And then I get off and I'm going to do chores and all that shit. But I'm like, well, fuck, let's do this show. Let's do a fucking podcast. Let's slam <laughs> that in there and uh, do whatever the fuck we can to uh, move this shit forward. Cause Mm-hmm. Everybody's everybody gets it, but everybody has like different ideas. I think it's about unifying behind one single message to like this is guys, this is how we move forward. It's not let's stop bickering about the stupid shit and give us one common goal and one common mm-hmm. path for for the state, for the nation, for the world, for fucking everybody. Let's unify the goddamn world under one common goal and make it very clear. Uh <laughs> yeah. This was great, man. This was uh uh cool chatting with you. Yeah, man. I had a great time on here. You guys are cool. I uh, like uh I like the positive energy you guys bring about you know, the idea of us getting changed for the better and Yang being the conduit for it. For sure. He's the only one making any sense to me. We introduced this show by going, you know, doing a cheesy thing about the debates and being like featuring Andrew Yang and nine other people who we've, whose names we've already forgotten because (laughs) (laughs) we're, we're openly biased for very openly biased, but but it's it's for a good cause. People yeah, I've been trying later. to get away from doing that because some of my some conversations I've had with friends, um, you know, I get into a quick little like, you know, shit talking thing about candidates where I called Kamala a cop to one of my friends and he he got <laughs> so Yeah, I was like I was like, Oh, you mean Kamala cop, uh, cop, 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 cop and he, he just did yeah, and it's just 
Um, I've just been spending more time just being like, but check out Yang, you know, and, yeah. and then, and then I will talk shit about an idea like federal jobs guarantee. You know, I don't have a problem telling somebody straight up, like how, how bad of an idea that is. Um, but, uh, I, I have been staying away from naysaying candidates cause they're kind of just doing it on their own. Like, I can't believe how accurate Yang's shot calling has been on how much time these candidates um, spend time, you know, playing fucking beach volleyball up there and just, you know, throwing yeah. bullshit at no, each other. Like his closing argument Let's tonight really brought that to light. Rehash the same yeah. bullshit for the sake like, of the I, reality he just, he TV show. The nail, it's fuck. Put, hit the nail on the head with this closing argument tonight. I was like, damn, he just Boom. rail gun, like you were saying earlier, across the whole board. Like it was just an equal. All of you fuckers are guilty of it. Like. You're all all of you are playing into this goddamn game that we've been playing for so long, and he's the only one up there that's like, no, let's solve yeah, the issues for what they are. He's getting a lot of positive attention for it, too. I like it. I really, yeah, no, yeah. I really want to see. I want to see uh, how much more he's trending afterwards. I want to see. Uh, oh, oh, yeah, Dylan, I was, really I was going to ask, where did you, where did you first hear about him? Oh, it was the, uh, it was the, the Joe Rogan thing. That was the oh, big thing. Nice. Okay. Yeah, cool. I I would kind of you know I I I pay for that YouTube shit uh, to not have ads or whatever, and uh, I don't I don't usually watch full length podcasts unless it's with somebody interesting, and right. uh, I tapped on it like totally random, like it wasn't like nothing led me. It was just me following GRE, I guess. Yeah, that was the big thing. Interesting. Uh, so point of interest. Because uh, I, I, I respect Rogan somewhat. <laughs> I will listen to, if interesting people go on his show, I will listen to his show. I'm not going to shit on him at all. I, I will never do that. He has but some of the most interesting guests. That's my he, biggest thing. Like him as a person, he, he's whatever. He's just another person, you know. And I like that he's, he's continuously <laughs> evolving his own personality to be more like universally just a, a fucking person. No, yeah. But he's doing what basically I'm about to try to do is to try and collect those guests, those interesting people. He finds about, he finds out about them from other podcasts, other people, other people who have talked to them. So mm-hmm, yeah. I'm, I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to condemn him. Obviously, I think that's a brilliant model. I think it works. I think it's a, a good capitalist model for this new uh, media environment that works. Um, my thing is, and Josh and I decided before we even launched this fucking show, we're not going to do fucking ads, okay? And we're not going to no make ads. people pay to listen to the show without ads. What we're going to do is we're going to make an interesting show that we think is cool. We're never going to do ads because that's, it's a whole, it's a headache, man. Nobody likes people are already getting bombarded with advertisements. I mean, you briefly mentioned something like, around your Google yeah. home or your Amazon Alexa. And all of a sudden you open Facebook and you're seeing ads for that shit. You just thought about three seconds ago. And it's like, it's just, this world is constantly trying to shove shit down your throat and hawk more, shit at you like buy our stuff buy our stuff pay for this subscription yeah sign up for this insurance constantly and it's like we don't want to be a party to that it's like we're here for the content and we would hope that our listeners are as well 
Yeah. They're not here to listen it's, to us try and hawk the fucking... I'm not going to sell mattresses and underwear and retirement plans or whatever the fuck. I get why other people do it. I'm not going to do it ever, okay? You will never have to skip through some shit. <laughs> That's <laughs> okay? cool. And, and you're not going to have to buy your way in, but if you do... Uh, this is for the listeners, not you specifically. If you do give us a dollar, then you get a bunch of extra shit. So it's like our drinky drunk after show, drinky drunky after show, and swearing and, and, and stuff. such and things. But yeah, uh, that's our model. We're support model. We're we we're not ad model. We don't we don't do that. And we're never going to do that. That was the first thing that we decided collectively as the mind wave. Oh, did I explain uh, where that came from? No. <laughs> it was a it was a shower thought because uh, I was trying to come <laughs> up with a name. I was trying to come up with a name for the show, and it was just like, "What's like?" I'm like picturing in my mind. I'm envisioning kind of like human minds searching among the masses to like find other human minds that are like on the same wavelength, like a physics thing, like sonar, like you're just like looking for that, like somewhere out there in the ocean of, I'm not going to use the R word somewhere out there (laughs) among all these uh, special people. There is someone who has a mind wave. That makes sense. <laughs> Silly. I busted out my phone for that one. I, I wasn't good. privy. I wasn't privy to it at first, but it grew on me after a while. I, I, I it was a shower thought. It was it, an afterthought of a shower thought. But that sound works. effect reminds me of uh, Space Ghost Coast to Coast. Uh, uh, right. What about this one? <laughs> reminds me of a super deluxe video. Oh, Jesus Christ. What a wonderful way to end the show. We've been going for a while here, and this has been fantastic, man. And we hope to get you back on because oh, we're going to do one of one of these shits. We're going to do one of these after every single fucking uh, debate. That's and cool. Maybe, Count me in. Maybe, maybe some in-between shit. Uh, did you, have you listened to episode five yet? The, the Andrew Yang episode that we did earlier? No, I haven't listened to a complete episode. I've listened to parts of different episodes. Mm, Boo. You got to do that. At the very least, check out our Andrew Yang episode. We'll we'll definitely have you back on and we'll chat more because you seem like a very cool individual and definitely keep in touch. Absolutely. Um, Are you in our Facebook group? Are we Facebook? I will, I'll, I'll connect every which way. uh, I really don't like using Facebook, but I'm... I'm using I Facebook, don't, I don't stuff, either. Twitter, Instagram, all that. We're um, building our Twitter and stuff. Uh, my partner Michael's in charge of all that, so you can follow us on Twitter. You can add our Facebook and whatnot too. Um, the group is where most of the yeah we have a page and a group, but the group is the where most is of the action happens. Just there as a business thing. The group is like we upload videos throughout the day. We talk about what we're thinking about. We talk about who's going to come on the show. We interact with each other kind of face to face, face and voice as opposed to text in that yeah, Facebook okay. group. Um, just uploading videos and connecting with each other that way as the like main way to post. 
Yeah, um, maybe I'll have to come down really to Bisbee. Cool. I have yeah. uh, one of the Yang volunteers actually sent me, you know, because I'm in all these different Yang communities and hitting up different people. I got sent uh, some magnetic bumper stickers that me and my girl have on our cars. And then more recently, this guy sent me a shit ton of Yang stickers. They say Yang for us. And it has like mm. a black and white picture of him. And on the back, it says not left, not right, forward, yang2020.com. Join the hashtag Yang Gang. And then it has all their uh, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook pages. And so mm. I actually carry these in my wallet. And when I go to like Circle K or I go to Ross, I actually have like a short discussion with the clerk and I say, hey, I just uh, I want to give you this. Um, this guy's running for president. I want you to check him out. I promise it'll be worth your time. And then they'll they'll usually ask me something like, oh, who is he? What? And then I'm like, yeah, he's running for president. And they're like, oh, and I'm like, yeah. And he wants to give you $1,000 a month just for existing. And me and my girlfriend and like every adult you know just gets a thousand dollars. It's called universal basic income. And they're like, how are they going to pay for it? And I go, uh, Amazon. Did they pay taxes last year? And they're like, no. And I'm like, yeah, that's who's going to do it. And they're like, Oh, cool. Check them out. And that's it. <laughs> I've done that like a hundred times. It's, it's, it's a big hook. I've, I've converted a few like my wonderful co-host and our uh, previous neighbors who occupied that unit. Uh, it's, it's fun and it's, it's relatively easy and you don't have to feel like a weird evangelical, like you're like, you know, uh, uh, what, what's your columns, uh, the, uh, like, yeah. Knocking on people's doors in the morning. Hi, can I talk to you? Honestly, every, every bad, like Yang interaction I've had with somebody was born out of me thinking I could like sell them on it, like going into salesman mode and being like, you know why you're going to fucking like this guy? He wants to do this. Don't you hate that? Well, he wants to do this. And I end up, and that, that shit does not work well. I'm, apparently I'm terrible at sales despite doing it for like eight fucking years. So yeah, I just, I just put out yeah. the feeler and I give them, with the sticker real, thing, I give them something, they get a sticker, you know, who knows where they're going to put it. Maybe it'll be on a boom box on a pickup truck. I don't know. <laughs> well hey let's um now that we are starting to make some connections and joshua maybe you can rethink taking the lead for cochise county um we really need to unify the arizona yang gang let's get together with annette if you're listening hi annette we Hello, love you annette and fred uh and get uh, get all of us throughout this weird ass uh desert state with bugs that look like jurassic park and it's hot and we get uh crazy thunderstorms let's get all of us under one uh one roof one tp if you will we'll reclaim the circle (laughs) callback uh yeah no for sure bro uh this was this was super fun uh, we got to wrap it up here for the evening. My ass, uh, again, is a wage slave and I have to be up in the morning and take care of my dogs and business. But this was super cool, man. Let's, uh, let's get you back on again soon. All right, cool. I'll talk to you guys soon. We'll do it up. Yeah. Uh, keep in touch and then uh, add us on Facebook and then get into the MindWave group because that's, that's really right now it's the best way to connect with us eventually we'll have a discord and all that yeah stuff. i'll do that and then People uh if you guys have twitter accounts i can kind of point you at 
um, you know, they do some of the hashtag like bombs, like tonight during the, the debates, I was one of, you know, probably a couple thousand people going out and purposely, uh, putting out these tweets that are like hashtag mm. dem debates hashtag this whatever to get it like trending and all that i do that that i mean that's that comes with the luxury of spare time i understand you guys not being able to necessarily do that but it is kind of fun it is a, an interesting thing and you you really get to uh the biggest thing about it for me so far is i'm connecting with a ton of people and yeah what you guys are talking about with the being focused on arizona it's pretty important and that is a big lacking thing that i see and anything you guys want to do i'll help you out like i'm i'm, I'm there to, to help the cause that concludes night two of the democratic primary debate in detroit uh, fuck. Am I doing this? <laughs> it's so stupid, but I wanted to put it in here because it's funny. Um, our website is mindwave.media. Follow us on Twitter at Mindwave Podcast. Give us a call at 602-456-2253. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, and we'll talk to you next time. That works, right? It's <laughs> a fucking... Mindwave is produced by Studio Stargazer. Copyright 2019.